Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Rejoice, people of God, praise the Lord. Let us keep the feast in honour of all God's saints.
A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist today on this All Saints Sunday. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, looking to Jesus in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Will you please stand?
Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Grant us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those inexpressible joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Amen. Spirit, one God, now and forever. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wine on the lees well refined. And he will destroy on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the Revelation of John. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the fountain of the water of life without payment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. 
Mary, when she came where Jesus was and saw him, fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, but I have said this on account of the people standing by, that they may believe that thou didst send me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with bandages, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Some years ago we had a memorable family holiday in County Mayo on the west coast of Ireland, the ancestral home of the Joyce family. Dominating the skyline of the place where we were staying was an enormous and very distinctive conical mountain, which is in fact one of the most famous sites of religious pilgrimage in the whole of Ireland, Crow Patrick, the Holy Mountain, which is of course particularly associated with the saint whose name it bears. On its summit is a chapel, and on the last Sunday of July each year, thousands of pilgrims make their way up there, many of them walking barefoot, and join in one of the masses, the communion services, that are said continuously throughout the day. So it was that on a rather dull and overcast morning, we set out to visit Crowpatrick. I don't think that any of us had any intention of actually climbing it. I myself would probably have been perfectly content to look up at it admiringly, take a few photographs, and then repair to the tea shop at base camp. But you know how it is, someone had the bright idea that we should at least walk a short way up just to admire the view, and of course, the higher we climbed, the more we found we were committed to the enterprise. 
Now, for any of you who have not visited that part of Ireland before, when I tell you that Crowpatrick is a mountain, I mean precisely that. I'm not talking about a very big hill. It is massive, and on the day when we ended up climbing it, its peak was completely concealed by clouds. And it is one heck of a walk up a rough, rocky track that sometimes has you slithering about on loose shale, and it's known to be treacherous in wet weather. The first couple of hours of walking were very hard work, but just about manageable. And I have to say that the view over the bay far beneath us was absolutely stunning. But then we reached the cloud bank, and at the same time, a torrent of icy rain began sheeting down. I have seldom ended up quite as soaking wet on a walk as I was that day. On one of the lower slopes of Crowpatrick, there's a clearing in which stands an enormous statue of St. Patrick, accompanied by a large sign that says this. And I can quote it exactly because I photographed it. Crowpatrick Pilgrimage. Every pilgrim who ascends the mountain on St. Patrick's Day or within the octave, or any time during the months of June, July, August, and September, and prays in or near the chapel for the intentions of our Holy Father, the Pope, may gain a plenary indulgence on condition of going to confession and Holy Communion on the summit or within the week. There followed detailed instructions about what you're supposed to do at each stage of the pilgrimage up the mountain including things like walking 15 times around the chapel, saying 15 Our Fathers, 15 Hail Marys, and one Creed. Now, I have enormous respect for Roman Catholic tradition and spirituality, which has both informed and fed my own journey of faith in some very significant respects. But as I battled up that windswept mountain, drenched and frozen, thinking about the people who walk up there barefoot on the last Sunday of July each year, I found myself being immensely grateful for the Reformation. Until, that is, I finally reached the summit, and I shall pick up this story again in a moment. Some strands of Protestantism have always been extremely wary of the whole idea of sainthood. This derives from the distinctive Protestant focus upon and concern with the profound fallenness of all human beings and the conviction that if it is indeed the case that only Jesus was sinless, that only Jesus has the power to save, then what place can there possibly be for the veneration of the saints? And in similar vein, is if Jesus is there for us all as individuals, what need do we have for saintly mediation? However, there are two very important things to remember here, my Protestant brethren. Firstly, the idea of the communion of saints is a central Christian doctrine 
Indeed, we shall all be affirming our belief in it when we say the words of the creed together in a few moments' time. And secondly, sainthood is a thoroughly biblical concept. You may have heard me observe before now that when St Paul writes to the young Christian congregations in his letters, he routinely addresses his fellow Christians as saints. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, to give you but two examples. If St. Paul were writing to us here today, he would doubtless begin his letter to all the saints who are gathered in St. Bride's Fleet Street, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It makes you think, doesn't it? But sainthood in the Christian life, properly understood, is exactly like sacraments. God takes something incredibly ordinary, bread, wine, water, your life, my life, and transforms it into something profoundly different, something that is charged with the grace of God. That is what we are all called to be, transformed by the love and grace of God, to be sanctified, to be saints. And when seen like that, the idea of the communion of saints starts to make sense. Because those whose lives are transformed by the love and grace of God are drawn into the life of God. And a life with God and in God can only be a life of praise and adoration and prayer. And a life of prayer only makes sense if it is a life that is not only connected with God, but which also reaches out in love and compassion to our broken world and draws us all up into that life of prayer that surrounds God, the life of the communion of saints. And the communion of saints also reminds us that just as every saint has a past, so every sinner has a future. But let's now go back to the story I was telling about me on my soaking wet, freezing cold ascent to the summit of Crow Patrick. Because as I began the final stage up to the very top, which really was one of the most challenging parts of the whole climb in terms of its gradient and the shale underfoot, which meant that one was frequently in danger of losing one's footing. As I did that, something within me started to change because there was something about that ancient site of Christian pilgrimage and the knowledge that for so many centuries Faithful, faithful Christians had made that same ascent. There was something about the profound sense of peace and stillness in the small chapel at the summit that touched me in a way that went far beyond words, that went far beyond denominations and the differing spiritual traditions and practices that can sometimes divide us rather than unite us because it was simply to do with the tangible presence of God. 
and I suddenly got it. There is a rather beautiful prayer by the writer on Christian spirituality, Angela Ashwin, that goes like this. Lord, we thank you for your saints and ask for the grace to follow them. Make us open like Mary, your mother, and bold like Paul, joyful like Francis, and faithful like Claire. Help us to reflect Mary Magdalene's great love for you, John the Evangelist's understanding of you, and Peter's steadfast devotion to you. And when we feel we have failed you, remind us that all your saints knew that they were sinners in need of your mercy for your love's sake. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. With the saints on earth, we pray for your church, that its officers be strong in faith and guardians of your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. With the saints on earth, we pray for this community of St. Brides, that we be advocates of your love. Lord, in your mercy. Hear, Hear our, our prayer. prayer. With the saints on earth, we pray for all who suffer 
in their needs and necessities. In war and conflict, in sickness and in pain. For all who hold fast hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. With the saints on earth, we pray for all mourn those we see no more. And with the saints in heaven, we pray your everlasting peace. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, prayers these prayers for the sake of your Son, Son our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? We are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God through Christ our Lord, who came and preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. No! 
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. God, the source of all holiness and giver of all good things, may we who have shared at this table as strangers and pilgrims here on earth be welcomed with all your saints to the heavenly feast on the day of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, 
we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. who has prepared for us a city with eternal foundations, give you grace to share the inheritance of the saints in glory and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.